Hi everyone. As you know, our event in January had to be cancelled, but instead we're having a shorter online event on January the 16th. It will be a bit different to a stream, a bit more intimate, and we'll have some nice guests and presentations lined up for you. There are still some spaces left, so why not book now? And of course, if you're artistically inclined, you can submit Amiga-made music or art for our competition that will be held on the day. Visit amigausers.ie for both of those and enjoy the show. Welcome to the December episode of Amiga Ireland. I'm Irla. I'm Rob. And I'm Luke. And in today's episode, The Amiga Show, a brand new channel about Amiga and created entirely on Amiga. An amazing show, very high quality. Uh, there's a new Amiga magazine as well, it's ready to launch. Outrage, a great platformer with a 30-year-old history in the background. Ooh, very nice. So all this and a lot more coming up in our news, gaming section and discoveries. But first, um, lads, it's been a month. How have you been? Uh, yeah, the usual. Can't believe it's December. It's crazy. My wife and son have headed off for until Christmas at least, or after Christmas. So I've been have, having uh, a lot of catch-ups with uh, all the old repairs and stuff that I have lying around the place. So um, yeah, getting get clearing my backlog and also fixing all the things around the flat that need to be fixed. So uh, keep myself busy day and night. It's been a long, a long day and a long month. I've been uh, helping my daughter prepare for her exams tomorrow. So we did two hours of business studies just before there. So if I sound a bit lobotomized, it's just the way I feel <laughs> after uh, doing a subject that neither of us enjoy. <laughs> and also, like, we're, we're all locked down here. We're working from home. And the apartment below us has changed hands. So it's been a month of constant drilling and sawing and hammering. Um, I, I, I'm starting to think they're opening a restaurant in there or something. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, <laughs> there's there's just one guy working away there the whole time. So it's slow and agonizing. But, you know, um, but I've actually gotten more Amiga time. So I've been doing a lot of Lightwave 3D, catching up on uh, Mwadib's tutorials online which are absolutely excellent if you're not following them you should follow whether you just want to watch or you want to try it out it's it's honestly the the learning curve for it is uh, is really good compared to things well, other things like music maybe also um there was a really good workshop for the uh, run by the computer museum of ireland and it was rob your good self that hosted that actually <laughs> yeah 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 it was a <laughs> it was an experience <laughs> the youngest person at it was eight years old and the oldest person at it was 80 years old amazing amazing yeah and they loved it everybody's asking for more rob so i don't know you might have to change your address or your name or sure. something because... <laughs> ah sure we give it a go like like i said when i when the wife and kid aren't here it's uh <laughs> plenty of time for these things <laughs> yeah. and, and, and i've discovered that you know having a commodore 64 emulator open on your desktop is the handiest calculator going you can quickly do <laughs> along some you know with, with multiplications and divisions and things in brackets um, and it's actually easier than using, say, the, the typical calculator that comes on your laptop because you can see the whole formula or equation. Like, strange that it's... Uh, nice. Very nice. Yeah, it's more useful that way. Yeah, so it's kind of been a fun month. How about you, Luke? How's it been? The month goes just goes by. And I just as well can't believe it's gone so quickly, to be honest, you know. And I've been just busy, just very busy with my day job because I, I work, you know, like on a regular basis. I'm a... Uh, uh, key worker and uh, retro ready consumes all my actually free 
time as well. So uh, there you go. That's that. It goes very quick. Yeah, that's what it takes if you want to be retro ready. <laughs> yes, that's what it takes <laughs> if you would like to be retro ready. <laughs> good stuff. A good adver- and back- it's a very good advertising slogan, actually. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, just you need a picture of Alv Luke packaging in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, very, very catchy as well. And we've got a special guest with us again this month, introducing Stormkeeper, aka Andrew, um, who's been to uh, Amiga Ireland many times as well. Um, Andrew, thanks so much for coming on to join us. It's great to um, chat to you again. That's great to be uh, here and chat with you too. The last time we saw you was January. <laughs> a long time, long time ago. A lot has happened. It feels like more than a year, doesn't it? Well, it does to me. Yeah, I've, I've been joking about how 2020 feels more like a decade than a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree entirely. Andrew runs a Twitch stream, uh, among other themes, which is uh, called, I think, is it called Stormkeeper? Yeah, Stormkeeper GU. Stormkeeper GU, yeah, okay. So we can catch your uh, we can catch your streams there from time to time. I know I watched a, what you're doing. A, I think it was a Doom playthrough at one stage on that. Well, that was a while ago, actually. Um, I'm actually on a break now till uh, like the 11th of January because I need to um, rejig a few things and uh, finally upgrade my computer. So um, I thought I'd better take a break. Hopefully, the next time we uh, we meet, it'll be under better circumstances than. Um, collective yeah. quarantine <laughs> like we are now <laughs> okay let's move on to the news the amiga show is a brand new amiga channel about amiga and created on amiga uh, this is honestly the most enjoyable thing i have seen in, in youtube in a long time um so this show really captures the spirit of when the Amiga was first launched, you know, or where we would have first encountered it. And the presenter starts out this show looking at Andy Warhol painting Debbie Harry and then attempts the same process himself, which was just such a clever thing to try. Um, and he got really good results as well, actually. Um, it's well worth a watch. The show covers, um, you know, other applications that were influential at the launch time. And, and then he goes on to review uh, two games. Uh, one of the games. So when I think of Amiga games, you, I think of the classics. Like you know, I think of Turrican and Two and uh, Monkey Island, Flashback, Frontier Elite, Lotus. You know that kind of stuff. But what he actually did here was he got one of the oldest, one of the older more uh, games that were that came out originally, and he got then a very modern game and kind of you know did them review them one after the other, and uh, it was just such a different way to look at the games and. Um, it was just, uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the show. Uh, it's called The Amiga Show by Anthony Jarvis, who actually also edits this podcast. And it's well worth, if you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. It, the, the quality is absolutely amazing. And knowing what it's like to do even simple tasks on Amiga, it must have <laughs> taken ages. Absolutely. Um, Amiga Addict magazine has uh, hit its pre-order target. So this is, we've talked about this, I think, last month, and uh, they were trying to get 500 orders together so that they could publish their first edition. And they've hit that target. So now they're expecting to ship the first issue at just in time for Christmas. So um, so that's that's great news. And um, yeah, look, mm-hmm. looking forward to that one. So it's, it's like an actual printed magazine. That's the first one in, well, in the UK since Amiga Active, which is... Uh, hmm close to 20 years ago. 
yeah, there's a lot of new new publishing stuff in the in the works, new information coming out and in all different media for the Amiga. So um, yeah, great to see. Um, Amos roadmap uh, has been announced for 2021. Amos is just like um, basic, I think. It's uh, some sort of a basic language, yeah? and it's including vampire and enhanced graphic and sound uh, operations. Um, have you ever tried Amos, guys? Because I haven't, to be honest. I wasn't into uh, programming, actually. I, I use it a little bit. I was not too pleased with it. <laughs> I know that you like Blitz Basic. I yeah, remember. Well, I, that's it. Now, I, I tried both of them back in the day, and I was like, well, there's, you know, Blitz is my... Blitz is the way I'm going to go here. But, um, you know, it, they're, they're, they're definite... It's a sort of... um more like a sort of an almost like a sandbox kind of basic you know it doesn't really deal with the os it sort of mm-hmm. it, it sort of sits in its own little interpreter and uh it's kind of it's great for doing a particular type of thing like that that's uh let's say you know well back in the day it was sort of you know making the you know for animating graphics and stuff like that making you know all that stuff sort of automated in it which is good mm-hmm. but it's it's very tied to its own little thing like you can't do a, a system requester for example and things like that mm-hmm. so it has its pros and cons uh i went the blitz direction but a lot of people went the amos direction and there are plenty of uh, games out there especially if you look at oh, yes oh yes 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 amos yes. coded yeah so um so that's that's they've been they've been there's been a lot of work going into it recently with AGA support and uh, yeah now vampire support and stuff as well, which is uh, you know so it's, there were a lot of fans of it and so I'm looking forward to seeing some new uh, some new stuff in the next while. Yeah, I think a lot of new games actually have been you know, like written uh, in Amos nowadays. For example, there's in like a new version of a Barbarian Barbarian Plus, and there's a game mm-hmm. in uh, a game in the making, you know, like a dungeon dungeon crawler. I don't remember it's. Uh, Shadow of uh, uh, Sir Goth. That's that's the new game, man. It's in the making. It's also in Amos, mm-hmm. and there's a, some sort of a similar game to Hired Guns as well, written in Amos. But just like you said, it doesn't have that fluidity of I think Assembler. But on the other hand, Assembler is much more uh, difficult yeah, to learn yeah. to master. And that's that's it. Like like I'm saying, it does a lot of things sort of for you as well. Like you know, double yeah. buffering and animation has sort of a commands to specifically support that sort of thing so you don't really have to code it yourself like e- even in blitz you have to pretty much do that yourself so mm-hmm. um you know so it's it's nice it's somewhere between a construction set and blitz let's say so mm-hmm. it's it, you know it's sort of it, it's it, it it sort of it ticks a lot of boxes in both of them okay uh so uh retro games limited teases a uh, potential amiga mini um for next year now um I'm. I kind of um, got this from the original article um, that they are saying that it looks like the Amiga 500. Then I actually looked at the Facebook page that they're uh, making, and it does actually look like it's the silhouette of the, the Amiga 500. So, be interesting to see what they do with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they did the um, the the C64 remake there. Yeah, the C64 remake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the big. The big version and the Vic Twenty yeah. as well, yeah. Which which was cool by all accounts. They were also involved in the Spectrum Vega, which is less cool. So, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, so uh, yeah. We wait and see. I wouldn't put pre-orders in yet, but uh, wait and see. It could be interesting. Could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Chrono has been uh, has had an updated release on OS4, Morphos, and Aros. Actually, a very interesting application. It it basically lets you print out a calendar um, uh, to paper or to PDF, and you can add your own photos. You can choose from different layouts, modify them, and uh, the interface supports twenty four languages. So that's that's pretty nice, actually. That's cool. Yeah, I think. Um... Well, I mean, uh, obviously the PC had had a lot of these, but it's good to see that the Amiga is getting something, um, you know, that's comparable. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, it's not quite the same thing, but there's there's a the graphics publisher that came with, with um, TurboPrint back in the day was incredible, and I still don't have anything as simple on the PC or as straightforward to to use for basically laying out pictures on a page and printing them. There, there, it just doesn't exist. There are there are a lot of programs that do that kind of thing, but they're either too clunky or too uh, all over the place at what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I, this this program was just brilliant. And it's, uh, you know, it's amazing that these little things show up on the Amiga and, and you kind of, wow, <laughs> that's a very useful little thing. Um, okay. Um, and it's more, more hardware now. Uh, Amiga Kit have teased a new uh, RAM board for the Amiga 1200. So this is a, an 8 meg RAM board. But it also has a, a, a nice little trick that it does. Um, it does a flash RAM or a fl- uh, flash kickstart on it and a flash module, effectively. So this thing, uh, there have been Zaro cards that have done this before. And what what they do is they allow you to load modules in. So there, it comes with software, and you can load modules from disk, and then it stores them on the card, and they take the place of the kickstart modules. So so you can effectively soft kick your Amiga permanently if you like you know because this is as soon as you switch it on it boots from the modules that are on this card so that's a nice um a nice a nice setup for for people if you want a custom uh a custom kickstart but uh you know like a but if the onboard uh cpu is enough for you like you know if it's a, a decent uh whd load machine and uh, it's, it's an in- interesting concept um i know there was a there was a concept for a flash a kickstart board as well that plugged into the kickstart sockets but this one just goes all in the trap trap door that you don't need to go taking the machine apart to use it or to fit it so uh, interesting yeah very nice i think i think that might have been um on display at amiga ireland in january is that right well, i missed um, that i don't know <laughs> they yeah, did have they did have a, a look at just a normal ram board that looks very similar Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know of. if that might be it because that's that might be a newer version. I I think. Yeah, it might be an update of that that has yeah. the flash the flash chip on it. Yeah, because hmm. it, yeah, it's only recently that I heard about mm-hmm. this. Yeah, hmm. nice. I think they they've only recently you know like teased with some screenshots or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't know, maybe last week. Twit Amiga has been updated uh, to follow the new Twitter API changes. The latest version is 4.4.1. And uh, this is a really nice Twitter client. Uh, it's probably the only one on Amiga, as, as far as I know. Um, I haven't used it in quite a while, but actually I must go back to it because it is the reason that I used Twitter more than anything else, because it meant I could use the Amiga at the same time. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely going to revisit that um, probably st- directly after this recording ends. DevIcons Dump 1.0. Um, it's a very useful tool that shows what project tools are associated with a file, and I presume that you just uh, associate it with uh, like a set of uh, set of icons, like for example, zip, or LHA, or mod, 
or MP3, and then after that, you just uh, double click it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 how it works. I mm-hmm. I don't actually know the def icons dump myself, um, because t- there's like OS four comes with a, a preferences program yes, that just lists just like, them all. So I, mm-hmm. I I'm, don't really know what this does <laughs> because it sounds like it's just you know shows you what's associated and you can see that in the preference window i don't i don't know i'll check it out and see um <laughs> there you go it um sounds a little like a dependency walker for windows where it actually tells you what application you need to uh, run a particular file mm. extension well yeah it's like def icons has been part of system for uh, quite OS 3.9 yeah yeah and um and it's, i believe it's going to be in os 3.2 as well there you go but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it has a preferences file, and you you know because there you don't have associations with a particular program as such, but uh, well, yeah, you do. As in, it's not the extension; it's the icon, and then you associate the icon with something. But the icon will have its default program. I, I just, mm. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to check it out and see what it actually does because uh, it's it's puzzling because I thought that functionality was already there. But cool. <laughs> And last item in our new section before we move on, Hex Show 1.4 has been released. It adds more columns to the display, faster scrolling through uh, large amounts of code, and it's now one kilobyte smaller. So that's actually quite a substantial update if you need that. It integrates to your file manager and you can view your files basically as Hex if that's something you want to see. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. And with that, we move on to the games. Super Sprint AGA by Graham Cowie is nearing completion. The video posted on YouTube, um, I have to say, looks fantastic. The colors are really good. It's a direct arcade port and it's been coded from scratch uh, by Graham, who also created Bomb Jack Beer Edition and Ryger AGA. Uh, it will be three player and possibly support netplay as well. That was one of the intentions actually when working on it. So um, pretty snazzy to get all that done in one summer, <laughs> summer, spring. Cool. Uh, Ami Signic's game pack has been updated. So that's, uh, if you're not familiar, Ami Signic's is a sort of, um, it's like an X-Windows environment for OS 4 and lets you run uh, basically direct ports of Linux stuff natively on OS 4 or semi-natively as such. So it's compiled for PowerPC and all that, but it runs in a, in the Windows, in the, the X-Windows toolkit. But um, yeah, there's a, pack of the pack of games and it's been updated with a couple of new games in there as well and these are you know the kind of games you get with the linux installation you know there are a lot of uh card games and you know puzzle games and othello type games you know that that, that those kind of games but there's i think there's 24 25 of them in the pack and um you know all good you know good did good desktop games so uh, if you have ami signals you have os4 definitely check them out Astro Blocks Revisited. Um, Astro Blocks is a very nice clone of Sokoban. Um, the graphics been updated, the music has been updated as well, and uh, there are uh, a lot of new, a lot of new, um, logical, let's say, mysteries to be solved. The game has been written in Assembler and it's been written from scratch by Paweł Iwan Nowak, Spigniew, uh, and uh, Jakub Eisman Shalong. And if you like logical games, uh, why not have a look then? Okay, so uh, there's an Amber Moon open source remake on the PC uh, that's currently under, under development. 
I only recently discovered about uh, discovered this, but um, I'm aware that um, Amber Moon, you know, is obviously on the Amiga. Has been on not well known on the Amiga, and obviously there was a DOS version. But um, I don't know a huge amount about it yet. But um, I thought I'd at least mention it uh, in case it would be of interest. Yeah, that is interesting. It's it's kind of nice to see these uh, newer versions uh, that kind of harken back to the Amiga days become accessible on the hardware we're using at the moment, maybe uh, more immediately. And another example of that is Lunark. I just caught this a few days ago. Um, it's a 2D cinematic platformer, okay? And it's described as being in the vein of 80s and 90s classics where you run, jump, hang, climb, roll, and shoot your way through mysterious alien runes um, a flying penitentiary, high tech, a high tech megapolis, and a majestic forest. Um, if this sounds familiar to you, it should. It is flashback in all but name. Um, <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, it, it one in one one way it just makes me want to go back and play flashback. But I think I'd also like to play this uh, interpretation of it too. The graphics are very much. Um, reminiscent of of flashback on amiga 2 um the way the character moves the way the character is dressed the the vehicles all that stuff so if you enjoyed flashback and felt like you know there was never really a, a decent sequel to it um i would say this is worth checking out wiz has been released so this is a a, a very nice looking platformers for for aga amigas and um that has a, a uh, has has been released recently and uh, there's a boxed version on the way and that should be released very very soon and um, this yeah like i said it's a lovely looking platformer you know that is made to use the uh, power of the aga machines and there's a there's a cd32 image as well as uh as as the a1200 the standard image that you can you can uh, get so so you can go to the website there and there's a playable demo you can download as well um uh, yeah give it a look Zgrad, uh, version 1.3.1, has been released and it is also available for download from a Polish Amiga portal, uh, PPA. And um, it's another logical game from Project 3D team, so uh, the guys have been already mentioned, uh, some of the guys have been already actually mentioned today with the Astral Blocks Revisited, but uh, this one is uh, also uh, available as a boxed game, but uh, if you'd like to try it first you can download it from my Polish Amiga portal okay so uh, Funfair Inc which is uh, a theme park clone by um, Arlasoft uh, releases sometime in December now this is essentially on the C64 and I had a look at it um, literally uh, about an hour ago and it, well, actually at the time I did it but um the graphics look really reminiscent of um, Theme Park, so it's really impressive to see, you know, something of that level actually on a Commodore 64. Yeah, very good. Very nice. Uh, Heart of Darkness has been ported to the Amiga. Now, if you don't know this, it's um, it's a very nice looking platformer from oh, mid-90s. I'm pretty sure it was on the PlayStation 1 and the Saturn, those kind of machines. Um, I think it's it's yep. just PC and PlayStation oh, One actually. Yeah, yeah. The the, the 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 main thing was to develop this game for CD32, but uh-huh. in the meantime, there was also a version for SNES, as far as I remember, and mm-hmm. then Saturn, and then in the end, it was just the PC, and then 
uh, PlayStation One, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's yeah, it's a very nice looking game. Uh, lots of lots of colors involved, and it's kind of a it's the kind of thing that's just like you know a little bit beyond reach of the Amiga. So you know, to be fair, the 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 port is probably not. Or it's definitely not optimized for the Amiga either, but uh, you need a lot of horsepower to run this. Like, think you know, unless you have a Vampire or an 060 or an emulator, you you don't, yeah, you don't don't bother. Um, but um, yeah, it it needs 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 all the power you can give it. But um, hopefully there'll be some optimizations to that, um, because it's probably running on SDL or something like that, which is a very very hefty, lot of baggage to be carrying around. But um. Yeah, you know, but if you have the power to run it, give it a go, or give it a go in UAE if you like, because um, it looks amazing. Oh, it's absolutely an amazing game. Uh, mm. I remember reading about it in the magazines back in the day, and I was really like uh, excited uh, to, to 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 being released at that time. And even now, uh, when it finally or eventually uh, got released for Amiga, with you know, like a really just like you said, hefty requirements. As far as I remember, it requires at least 96 megabytes of RAM. This, <laughs> this, this, yes, this first version. And then, uh, even with, a, you know, like a basic 060, you get like four or five frames per second. That, this is from what I've seen on YouTube. But mm. it's not that bad if you've got it, your 060, 060 clocked, uh, to uh, at least 80 mega megahertz, it's a bit better. And then with warp, of course, because the 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 very even you know, like a fast memory. The, I think they've got DDR3 down there, so it runs absolutely smoothly. And of course, it runs absolutely smoothly on Vampire. Mm-hmm. So uh, still, I know that there are some people who have you know, like a vampires in the Remigas. So this game absolutely you know, like a smashes it, and it works absolutely perfectly. And then, uh, um, warp, warp is in the making, so hopefully we'll get some more users. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this game is really, really, uh, worth checking out. I think we've forgotten to mention one thing. This game was actually written by the same guy who wrote Another World, Eric ah. Chahi, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the go. same. It's the very same person. There are definite vibes there. Definite yeah. vibes. Yeah, you can you can feel it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You can that feel it. So, yeah, you can feel it. And it was it was written the destination platform was CD32 first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Go. Right. Let's move on then. Uh, Outrage is a very very nice platformer in a hawk eye style and it's nearly completed actually the game it's got a has got a long history it started first you know like in the 1990 and after two years of uh, of development uh, it's seized but then there's you know, like a whole event of of things that happened to the development uh, there's a story about it or behind it actually in the description note so why not have a look uh, the game is nearly ready to be released uh, the, the, it looks absolutely great i don't know how it sounds actually because i haven't i haven't heard it i've seen the screenshots and it looks really really good and if you like games like flimbo quest on c64 or, ha- or, or previously mentioned hawkeye then uh, definitely worth checking and definitely worth purchasing outrage by cosmos design okay so um this is a uh literal last minute edition but um 
I recently found out about a Doom mod called uh, Project Osiris, which is essentially um, Alien Breed 3D for Doom. And it was updated there um, on the uh, 10th of October. Right. Um, last thing today is a um, game called Tristam Island. It's a new text adventure game by an author who previously released uh, text adventure games like, for example, Hibernated. It's pure text. It's pure adventure in the style of Zork or or any other games of the 80s. So if you like those games, if you like adventures, if you like you like um, typing the comments uh, commands actually instead of point and clicks uh, style, then why not have a look? One thing that does um, interest me about this is that it's available for like I think it said. 26 other systems it's the, that's that's the thing that's very awesome. that's very particular with this author he tries to publish his games his text adventure games on as many possible platforms as possible so it's you know, like a C64 Atari Spectrum Amiga Macintosh PCs DOS anything you name it he's going to write for that brilliant <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I really like that idea that you can yeah. you know, send a text I like message that idea. to your buddy on the spectrum and say, hey, how did you get past this bit? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's move on to discoveries. Okay, my first discovery this month is that a game called iUridium 2 on the iOS App Store. Now, I've been playing Iridium 2 on Amiga. It's it's an amazing, amazing game. Um, I suppose you'd call it a side-scroller where you're moving. It's kind of unique that you're moving over and back across the same kind of battlefield, which is a, the exter- exterior of a spaceship that you're trying to destroy. Um, the graphics are fantastic in the game, and it's also mixed up a bit where you land your ship uh, so you land your little ship on the great on the larger ship and you kind of go inside and try and destroy the core and get some bonuses while you're at it and then you you take off as the the, the ship explodes really really good game um this game on the ios store it definitely pales in comparison to the amiga version i i would say there's almost <laughs> no comparison it's more like the original iridium uh game which was much more simplified simpler graphics uh the controls aren't perfect um there's no self there's no destruction sequence say at the end of the level on this either but if you have an itch to scratch uh that is iridium shaped or in nature uh, on your phone this is the only way to do it on ios anyway yeah iridium 2 is fantastic it is it's kind of kind of gets forgotten you know there's a lot of people talk about a lot of the other shooters but uh it's you know it's it's it'd be one of my favorites now okay uh my one of my discoveries this month is not strictly Amiga related or not re- Amiga related at all, to be fair. Um, but uh, the documentary, well, it's sort of a documentary, but it's a it's a film called Micromen, and it it's it's basically sort of it's a really sort of nice nicely done film, basically telling the story of the British home computer industry. So back in back in the eighties, so you're talking um, the start of the ZX Spectrum. There are the, the you know the ZX eighty ZX eighty one. The start of that, the whole, um, you know, the, and the whole thing between them and uh, Acorn computers, which are the, you know, obviously the the Electron, the Atom, and the BBC Micro, and then onto other things. Then, but um, it's a great, it's a great, just a great 
it's a really fun film actually and uh, a great way of telling the story in a sort of a you know it's a funny way and it's it's a nice way and like I I kind of heard about this and it's about 10 11 years old now and it was a BBC made thing and you can't get it anywhere but uh, every time someone talked about it I thought oh I'll have to watch that have to watch that but um, it turns out that it's on YouTube so we put a link there in the show notes um, to the full film and watch it and yeah, myself and the wife sat down and watched it there the other night, and uh, and she loved it. So uh, that'll tell you she's not a, she's not a nerd. So uh, that that that'll tell you uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's it's a nice a nice appeal for for everyone. But um, it has okay. and it has um, your... Martin Freeman and um, oh who plays Clive? Oh, I've seen the movie as well, but I don't remember now. Oh, it's your man from Pointless, Alexander Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there you go, and it's it's bizarre, it's, and it's 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 very well done. It's a lovely film. It's a very good, it's a very good one. I've seen it, yeah, as well. I can recommend it. When when I saw this in, the, I do too. Uh, when, when I saw this in the show notes, I thought it said Mister Men documentary, and I was thinking, <laughs> what does this have to do with Amiga? <laughs> yeah, there you guys think. Was there a really good Mister Men game on the Amiga? That I didn't know about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's one on the C64 as well, isn't there? Um, there was definitely a game I played on something. I can't remember what platform, though, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I watched Micromen, I think it's some earlier this year. I think I actually saw it on the ar- archive.org mm. rather than YouTube. But, no, it is a really good film. I try to watch it at least once a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Right. Here comes another one. Um, there is a gallery of loads of uh, Winamp skins, which also work with Amiga Amp. So uh, Amiga Amp still is in the making. Do you know that the Amiga Amp uh, uh, still gets its updates, even though Winamp doesn't, actually? <laughs> uh, and then uh, I remember it used to be one of my favorite ones, actually, Amiga Amp, and I used it a lot. So if you like something like a updates, upgrades, a little bit of tinkering. Why not have a look? Maybe you'd like some of those uh, skins. The Amiga 1200 had its 28th uh, anniversary back on the 21st of October, which obviously uh, I only just discovered. And uh, just to also add in, uh, the C64 had its 38th anniversary back in Mm. August. Mm. And um, another discovery of mine for this month uh, is that Mr. King of Scoopex, okay, that uh, that that demo group and, and cracking group, um, he got busted for using fake stamps to send floppy disks way back in 1994. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. So I've been I've been reading a few disk mags, and uh, just to see kind of you know what were they all about. <clears throat> so basically, they um, in each of these magazines they've kind of got a report of what's going on. It's it's a bit actually it's a bit a bit kind of weird actually looking back. It's kind of who got kicked out of who, what group or all this kind of stuff. You know who's who's left mm. a group and moved to another group. And so basically, you always know who's in what group. And it's 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 almost like um it's almost like ha- um, a hacker genealogy. You know or <laughs> demo seniors genealogy tree. But um. Yeah, I, th- I just thought that scene was hilarious. For, uh, sorry, that 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 story was hilarious. Getting busted for um, using fake stamps to send floppy disks to your buddies to, for a disk mag. Yeah, that's awesome. But it seems it was common from the other magazines I've read. It seems to be quite common. Actually, <laughs> one of them had an article about the different ways to fake stamps. <laughs> uh, cool. 
Uh, now, and this this discovery, uh, got a hat tip to Nivrig Games for this one. But um, this, yeah, this is something I saw a while ago as well. It's 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 amazing. This is a basically a DIY computer using the sixty eight thousand CPU. So uh, you know, the same CPU as the five hundred and the, the basis of all the Amigas. Um, but this is this is fully you know open. You can buy your own boards and design your own boards for it. So you you know it. Basically, you have your your CPU and the, the the core of the computer on a board, and then you can fit a backplane to it with loads of sort of add on you know add on connectors, so you can put other boards on there for doing different things. You can build your own boards for plugging into it and doing all sorts of things. It's it's um it's it's a real sort of DIY computer for uh you know for you know for all the hardware hackers out there and and just it's I I think this is amazing you know and there's a there's a Tindy shop and you can buy the board itself and you can buy all the different add-ons for it and uh yeah just it's this is brilliant <laughs> you know it's like it's a dream if I had the time now I'd be all over that <laughs> yeah just look at the uh link now it does look quite impressive I mean um Admittedly, I don't actually know how to solder right now, so um, I'd have to wait a bit before um, I'd actually attempt to well, build yes, it. Well, yes, I should point that out. Yeah, it, it does come as a kit. All the boards are kits, so um, you know it's not like you're buying. It's not like putting a PC together where you buy a graphics card, you buy your, you know, your your CPU, and you buy your motherboard. You buy them, but they're all kits, so you have to solder all the parts down and then plug them together and hope they work. But um, that's you know, it's designed for people who are going to solder together and who are going to add on their own sound cards or build their own uh, AD converters and, you know, their own relay boards, that kind of stuff. That's that's what it's made for. And it's uh, an amazing learning experience as well as anything else for the, you know, for for computer architecture. It's actually pretty cheap as well, considering a lot of these kind of projects usually hit the, uh, it says $40 here, but they usually tend to be uh, around the $100 mark, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's definitely in the sort of... Um, Impulse buy kind of level of things, which is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, so my next discovery is um, something called um, Zgloom or Zgloom, depending where you're from. And it's um, a re-implementation of Gloom for uh, more modern OSs. Uh, the last release was uh, 0.3.0 uh, back in at the end of May. Okay, that's nice. Um, so, okay, so that would be the likes of, yeah, OS4 and stuff like that. Still, cool. Um, Bear Ed is a text editor uh, for Amiga. And when I was looking up text editors on Amina because I wanted something, uh, you know, particular, I wanted to multiple documents simultaneously and stuff like that. Um, I was looking at this and I found a very funny bug in it. Um, uh, so this is the August 2010 release of Bear Ed uh, 0.10. He says, fixed a very ugly bug that led potentially to a wait of 138 years before returning control to the user. Amazing. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, if for the first time a cursor key was used to scroll text lines out of the displayed area and the key repeat delay was smaller then the page took to display, be displayed, if you can follow this, uh, a mathematical subtraction caused Bear Ed to wait for 138 years. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, so he says, sorry for what seems to be the cause of random lockups, lock but it's fixed now. So there you go. It's safe to try Bear Ed again if you've given up on it in the past. 
Is it really a lockup, though, if it comes back to you <laughs> after 138 years? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I was just processing. Yeah. Just processing, man. <laughs> You'd definitely get through a few Absolutely. cups of tea in that yeah. time, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's a good way of putting this, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, my uh, uh, next discovery now is... Um, there's this thing called um, 8-Bit Symphony Pro. Now, the uh, first half of it um, was kick-started uh, a couple of months back. It's basically um, what, what they want to do is they want to bring some C64 um, music and, you know, have orchestras play it. And there's, there's a Kickstarter for the second half at the moment, which is ending on the um, 6th of this month. And Macro is a workbench application that records and replays keystrokes. It works on a fundamental level using the key codes, so it captures all kinds of things, including the special keys, you know, your Alt and Amiga and Control. Uh, I use it because every time I opened uh, long documents on my Amiga 1200 here, I needed to do page down several times to get to the end in uh, Cygnus Ed, and I was kind of getting frustrated with it. So I recorded the sequence once, and then use it uh, every time I opened um, a long document, it would just whiz down to the end for me. And I had another one to go back up to the top uh, or to go up just a certain number of screens and stuff like that. Um, it was handy at the time. Uh, it would work also, actually, I was thinking really well as a prop for a video, too, if you wanted kind of unintended, uh, unattended activity on the screen um, or something like that. And yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping I'll find more uses for this mm -hmm. in the future. It would probably be useful for uh, Bear Ed, wouldn't it? Just sit, <laughs> tell it in about 139 years to um, go to where you wanted it. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah, in 139 in, in years, click OK. Well, I mean, uh, it's it's perfect, doesn't it? You know, it's unattended. As you said, it's unattended. And by that point, you wouldn't be attending to it, wouldn't you? <laughs> very good. Very good. Okay, so um, my uh, last um, discovery uh was from yesterday and uh, Nostalgia Nerd did a um, video on the Mega 65 development kit which there was only a hundred available to order a, a few months back and they're all sold out. Um, I'm sure you guys are already aware of what the Mega 65 is. Yep, it's a copy of C65. Mm -hmm. uh, last 8-bit mm -hmm. C C65 Commodore computer actually as far as I remember. Yeah. Then they like a reach absolutely astronomical amount of money on eBay, for example. Yeah, they were only ever prototyped. Yes, 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 and never never released, actually, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I think before, you know, like, uh, releasing the full version for, you know, like, a, like a fully available version, they mm -hmm. are trying to, you know, like, uh, uh, spread the development kit. I think it's a, a, a plexi case, as far as I remember, transparent one. And yeah, yeah, and the, the machine one. is really, really like really polished. Yeah, I actually um, found out as well that they are adding an Amiga core to it, so that'll be quite interesting too. Well, with uh, you know, like uh, um, with FPGA, you can add as many cores as you like. <laughs> I mm -hmm. think nowadays. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I mean, the ZX Spectrum Next is doing similar, yeah. isn't it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, the C sixty five was a. Uh... You know, it, it was, would have been a really nice machine, but, you know, clearly time well, was moving was just, on. It, it was just too late, I think. They, they, yeah. They, they've had it, they, they had it released around 1989, 1990, 
Mm-hmm. The, about that time, the eight-bit market was already dead. That's it. Yeah. So it was a time. It was a time yeah. between like a sixteen-bit machines. You know, like mm-hmm. five hundred was in the run. Um, th- I think three thousand was released in nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. and then uh, if if Commodore was really like a, uh, looking forward and looking into the future, they 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 should have or they should have. They should have released actually AGE machine at that time, mm-hmm. because the 1990 is a decline of EGA and the the beginning of VGA actually era. So uh, that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Although the thing is, uh, Commodore weren't exactly kind of making the best decisions yeah. around the, no, no. the time of the nineties. Yeah, at any stage in their life, really. Uh, um. Yeah. <laughs> Mo- moving without the plan. No. <laughs> moving, that's it. moving without the, uh, traveling without, without moving. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 If I may describe it like but, that. But yeah, it's no it plan was... and no idea, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it, it had, um, like, even though it was an 8-bit machine, it had quite sophisticated, uh, hardware and I had a nice a nice blitter it's a, you know so I think yes. it's sort of a, a slightly cut down version of what's on the Amiga and uh, you know so you can have like a lot of moving items on the screen and a lot of stuff going on that's you know way beyond anything else in the 8-bit kind of arena you know so it was, it was sort of a weird kind of in between the 8 and 16-bit kind of setups uh, but sure mm-hmm. yeah it was mm-hmm. like you say just a little bit too late at that stage yeah that's the thing you know like a, a, a 500 to had been mm-hmm. uh, on the market since 1987. STE, Atari ST with its DMA sound and you know, like a, 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 a very, very, very good graphics actually imitate, trying to imitate or imitating Amiga 500 was down there at the, on the market for mm-hmm. at least I think near a year. Uh, a year. So, uh, <sighs> launching a new 8-bit machine. But on the other hand, we had, we had some coupe, you remember? 1989. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was released okay. like a like a like a um a machine that that could replace actually ZX Spectrum. Uh, mm-hmm. On the other side, you know, like uh, Alan Sugar released uh, its uh, Amstrad Plus. Yeah. Uh, as well with uh, with the with really great graphics and DMA sound as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah, true. It'd be interesting to see what people make of it because uh, you know there's a you know with all the retro stuff going on, it's a it's a nice machine by all accounts. I haven't worked on it myself or I worked on an emulator, but it seems to be a nice machine to uh, to work on, and it's good to see. Yeah, because um, I wasn't looking at getting one of the uh, Maxi computers from Retro Computers, but now I'm looking at this, and apparently it's going to be in the ballpark about. 400 quid so i'm kind of trying to work out if i want to get still get the one of the maxis or save my money and just get the get mega, mega 65, 65. especially mm-hmm. if they make it like um um full-fledged uh keyboards and full-fledged you know like a casing because just like i said right now they've got you know, like the plexi one but if they can replicate actually and i think they can because i've seen i've seen some versions of it with uh with, you know, like a regular plastic keyboard, uh, not keyboard, uh, casing. So if they can get it mm. right, then they will have some, 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 you know, like, a, some, uh, people interested in that machine. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. Cause I mean, you can always 3D print the case as well. Cause I mean, 3D printers are at the point now where 
they're a lot more mm-hmm. affordable. Yeah, so yeah, there are some op- there are definitely some options. Mm. And you know, just you mentioned the Amstrad there a while back. Um, I discovered just yesterday a machine called the Amstrad NC two hundred, and it was a a monochrome LCD display and a portable. So it's yes. like an Amstrad keyboard. Yeah, with that's right. Yeah. LCD. Yeah. It, it's uh, honestly for the work I'm doing at the moment, which I mean, if I can if I can get by on Cygnus and Amiga for the work I'm doing at the moment, obviously one of those one of those things would work quite well. And they write to um, DOS formatted floppies, which I could also use in Amiga. So I'm seriously thinking of getting one of those for actual work. <laughs> that's mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's a pity the, the portable Commodore machine. What was that little one? That's like the Commodore 64, you know, the, the SX, the guy, was the, like the there pool. was one that was there was an attempt. Um, as far as I remember, there is you know, like a SX sixty four which which yeah. which tries to be that's a luggable a portable, really yeah a portable but you know bear in mm. mind that it's nineteen eighty four that is yeah. like a portable machine but uh, as far as I remember they had um, there is a prototype of a uh, Commodore portable like a laptop like a really yeah. uh, with an LCD screen and a foldable just like a, like a modern laptop but uh, someone told uh, at that time from what i've read someone told at that time to one of the CEO to to the CEO the present CEO of Commodore that uh, no those LCD screens are not the future of computing and the guy who actually was uh, previously in you know, a like a the CEO of Steelworking Mines or something like that yeah. uh, said, oh, yes, let's just uh, quit it. Let's just uh, like bust I mean, this project. They, they owned an LCD factory. <laughs> you know, for God's sake, they had <laughs> they had everything lined up. Yeah, They owned the, the, the factory for their own chips as well. Yeah. A, and a, a moss. They, yeah. they could have made an absolute killing with that. And they're like, they, uh, they, no, they, someone decided because someone told him or because he didn't like the guy or whatever I don't know anyway, yeah. some political reason yeah and they, yeah they could have made an absolute mm-hmm. killing with that but you're thinking of the Atari portfolio I believe Irla that was the Atari um, little uh, portable no, Atari no, it's the, yeah the uh, one that no, was used in Terminator NC200. 2 it's an Amstrad machine um yeah, that Alan Sugar tested himself. You know, he was part of the development and he, he wrote part of the manual to teach people how to use it and stuff there is an Amstrad like that. I know oh, yeah, NC yeah. to 200. Yeah. Yeah, there is one. I, I Yeah, I thought earlier said something about, you know, there was an Atari one as well. Or did he? Oh, yeah, no, Amstrad, I meant. But I would love to <laughs> look into the Atari one too. The, the, reason, the reason this one's good. <laughs> Fair enough. Is the reason I, I like this one is because you can, well, first of all, I like LCD screens uh, these days because they really give my eyes a break um, when there's so much screen time happening since uh, since March, <laughs> since yeah. the pandemic, basically. There's been a screen in front of my face. Um, so it's a great break uh, to be on an LCD display, uh, even if it's just for, you know, 20 minutes a day where I can type up a load of stuff and then trans- transfer it to another machine. Um uh, then of course there's the Commodore that portable Commodore machine that I can't, is it the SX is it I know um, Mad Pete has one on his YouTube yeah. channel it's cool mm-hmm. um, yeah actually that's a, that's a really good channel worth subscribing to as well Mad Pete's but um, yeah so I'm actually thinking of getting one of those because the, the work I'm doing at the moment and this my discovery right uh, involves this so basically I have to t- I have to take an awful lot of notes and do a lot of study for a course I'm doing and um, basically basically the course amounts in the end to text and audio recordings from lectures and the text I've basically typed up and the recordings I'm going to convert to IFF because you know it's I don't mind how big they are because I can you know put a memory card into the side of the Amiga 
So I was looking at how do how do I get the audio onto the Amiga and, uh, you know, make the entire course into an Amiga guide file, basically, or something like that. Um, so I found this article, uh, given that the text bit is kind of covered, the, uh, the sound part, Hoffman has made a post on the uh, English Amiga board uh, some time back explaining how to convert um, audio on your PC to uh, IFF to use with Amiga Pro Tracker, so to make them IFF friendly. You know, and he talks about like you know converting them to mono, the EQ operations you might want to do, limiting and resampling and eight bit conversion. So it's it's really thorough, uh, you know, and it's actually designed. It's designed with a view of getting like you know audio and music and stuff to good quality. So for what I'm doing is just speech. Um, you know, I, I should be able to get really good results following that. So that's a, a nice article there for anybody who's who's interested. It's definitely a novel way of uh, converting your your college notes. I hope I don't regret it later. Um, that everything <laughs> I have is on Amiga, but I can always fire up an emulator. <laughs> that's true. Okay, so it's time for Ask Amiga. Right. Um. So this one's question is from Irla. And he says, why is word wrap such a pain in Cygnuset? <laughs> and um, it, it works from for newly typed text, but the previously typed text has to be manually fixed. Now, this, yeah, this is um, this is a common thing, unfortunately, with text editors in that the two general sort of schools of thought on them. And there's the, the old way of doing it and there's the new way. And the old way is basically that the word wrap is wrapped to, well, it's either 40 or 80 columns, but, you know, more more often you can set it to whatever you want kind of width. But for compatibility with old systems and even with old email clients that, that you know, that used to just work with text, uh, with plain text, everything had to be formatted to 80 columns. Like Aminet, the readmes still have to be 80 columns wide. And if you go beyond that, then you can get rejected or the formatting looks terrible. So, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that a lot of old systems had this sort of rigid, rigid limit and you had to basically put a line feed at the end of the 80 columns or your text just went missing off the end of the screen. You couldn't see it. So, um, yeah, so, so a lot of older editors worked that way. And basically what would happen is they're trying to give you a modern kind of word wrap thing. So you start typing a word and then it realizes, oh, the whole word isn't going to fit before it hits the right margin. So it moves the whole word down to the next line. Like, so the really early editors probably just left half the word on line one and you continued on line two and that was that. But, um, you know, so things like Cygnus and stuff, they move the word down when you cross the margin. And that's kind of a nice, neat way of doing it. Now, you'll notice that if you do that and then you go and try to edit the previous line or, you know, edit an old file, you realize what it's actually done there is press enter for you at before the word. And it's entered, it's put in a line break before that, um, before that word that it moved down and that's how it moved it down. So that makes it compatible with older setups and older software that will be using the rigid 80 column system. But it means that when you enter new words up above it, it just makes a mess of things because then it pushes either it makes the line too long for those systems or it pushes the extra words onto the next line. So you end up with a long line, short line, long line, short line and something that just like it's, it's a mess. So, um, yeah. Unfortunately, that's, you know, if there's a, if, if an editor is designed to work like that and to be compatible with those kind of systems, that is what it is. So, um, it, unfortunately, it looks like it's stuck like that. Now, there might be options for that, for changing that, but I've, I've not, I'm not aware of any options that there are for setting it up that way, unfortunately, or for changing that behavior. So 
like a really good editor would have both modes and you could switch between them. But what'll happen as well is if you save in, let's say the way a modern editor does it with word flow is it reaches the end, but it doesn't put a new line in. It just puts the words on the next line. So what you have is basically a paragraph is equal to one single long line in the computer's memory. And it's just wrapping it so that you can see it. And you'll see that it changes, you know, especially when you change the size of the window, that it will, you know, it will reflow the paragraph and you end up with it filling the width of the screen or the window, no matter how many columns it is. That's the kind of the modern way of doing it. Um, obviously, feeding text that's done that way into an 80-column system isn't going to work very well because all the text is going to go missing off the right-hand side and each paragraph will be one line. And going the other way then, if you have your if you have your stuff and it's all nice and formatted to 80 columns and you load it into an editor that doesn't do 80 column stuff, then you're going to have rigid line breaks and your new editor is going to end up with long lines and short lines again. And it just, yeah, it's, it, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not going to be happy either. So, so basically, basically, if you're doing, if you're writing actual text for, you know, for use in arbitrary kind of, um, systems not rigidly set to 80 columns, you know, you use a different editor, basically, um, where you can, um, you know, where where the, the word wrap is, isn't inserted and it's only at the end of the paragraph when you press enter that it adds a new line. And that's kind of the way of doing it with, you know, even like modern word processors like Word and Outlook and all that kind of stuff. They all work that way. And that's the way it should be really these days, because there's very little that actually has that 80 column limit these days. Um, older editors especially if you're writing software for older Amigas and OS1 Amigas, stuff like that, you might want to do that. And if you're doing a lot of stuff on Telnet, BBSs, that kind of stuff, then you probably do want to be editing in 80-column mode. I, I, there are some old compilers that might have problems with stuff that isn't in 80-column mode. I don't know of any myself, but I know, um, like, I know some, there are some versions of, you know, you know, all in one language, like all that, all basics and stuff that they're rigidly 80 column as well. And you need to use an 80 column editor to, to um, modify those files. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's basically it. Um, I would say, you know, check out the settings in Cygnus Ed, but I don't think there's anything to switch the behavior. And in that case, just, um, yeah, go for another editor. Thanks, Rob. Okay, well, that's all from us for this month. Um, hello to everybody who has followed us online or in social media or joined groups or whatever or gotten in touch by email. Um, don't forget that um, places are places are still available for Amiga Ireland Online in January. Um, we're limiting the spaces to around 90 just to keep it manageable because we're going to do something a bit different and uh, we want to make sure that um, it's as pleasant as an experience as possible. But we'll still be releasing some highlights again later. Um, and also, uh, we might, will we try and release a Christmas episode, guys, do you think, uh, between now and then, a casual, a casual chat? Ah, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You might hear from us again before the new year. I think you will. So we won't say Happy New Year yet uh, to anybody. Um, and also a, a massive thanks to Andrew for coming on and uh, helping with the show today. It was, it was a bit of, it was a bit of crack, Andrew, and uh uh, you you brought some nice uh, items actually with you, so appreciate that. I hope none of us uh, thank you lose our, our job um, because of you. <laughs> 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 so until next time, music was by Virtual Dimensions and Banjo Gaioli. 
Feel free to get in touch with us on social media or email info at amigausers.ie. And this episode, as always, was edited by Anthony Jarvis. And the uh, song of the month this month is the Supercars 2 theme. Originally by Barry Leach, this time arranged by Deck Fastloaders. Okay, take care everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.